Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. All right, back to live action with uh, Scott Eagle, Jim Day. Back Scott Eagle, Jim Day, and George Kurtz. Uh, here on Fantasy Sports Today as we continue to preview the AFC uh, Conference Championship. We'll give our our Taz predictions in just a little bit. uh, Taz Lace predictions in just a little bit. We'll have some DFS and prop bet uh, talk coming up. If you uh, want to make your predictions, you have questions uh, fantasy-wise about today's game, the number is 844-843-6879. We were talking about Tyreek Hill and how much uh, how, how much Bill Belichick has just not been able to solve him, Jim. Well, I'll tell you, this is how much he hasn't been able to solve him. Um, in For Hill's career, he is averaging 32.8 fantasy points a game against the Patriots, while Kelsey is only averaging 9.5 fantasy points a game. So they do a better job against Kelsey than Hill. They just don't have the, the speed to keep up with him. We'll see if Gilmore can. That's a, I, I agree with you. I think that's going to be the big big thing of the game is whether or not Gilmore can keep up with Hill and, and you know, you're not going to stop him, but hopefully slow him down. Kelsey, uh, five receptions for 61 yards in the first meeting this year, but uh, he, is, he also has uh, caught five passes in four, or more in four consecutive games against, uh, against the New England Patriots. There's really no way that New England, even though Belichick is just much of a defensive mastermind, I just don't think they have enough defensive talent to contain both of them. So what are you expecting from Kelsey today, uh, George? I'm expecting a solid game. I, uh, I said I'm curious to see what Belichick uh, does. We know he likes to eliminate or do his best to eliminate the offense's best choice. But I think that's going to be Hill. I think he, Hill's the one he's worried about because I think Hill's the guy who can be a game-breaker, who can be an 80-yard touchdown reception at any point. So that's the guy he wants to, uh, to worry about there. Kelsey is more, I don't want to say killing you slowly, but he's more, you know, a catch for 15 yards here, 17 yards here. It's death by nines rather than death by a bullet. So uh, I think Kelsey's going to have a solid game. Not a huge game. I don't see 120 yards or anything uh, like that coming. But you said 561 uh, last time. I think he does a little bit better than that. 677, somewhere around there. Maybe he gets into the end zone there. 677 and 1. That sounds about right for me. Okay. And uh, Sammy Watkins also could be, uh, especially when we talk about Daly in a little while, could be a nifty play. Two catches on 18 yards in the first meeting. But, uh, you know, Watkins looked good coming back this past week. And uh, if they're going to worry a lot about Tyreek Hill, it could open up things for Sammy Watkins as well, Jim. No, I agree. I love Sammy Watkins today in DFS, and like you said, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But for these reasons, um, you know, they're they're definitely – that's the one thing about the Chiefs. They have a lot of weapons. Um, Watkins looked good last week, first game back, coming off the injury. You know, there was some current – 
concerned that he wouldn't be fully good, didn't look right. But he got on that field. He looked fine. Uh, he was making some nice sharp cuts. Uh, didn't seem to have any issues with any of that. You know, made some nice catches. Uh, you know, did put the ball on the ground. But you could argue that was just a really good defensive play, stripping the ball out of his hands. I think he had a great game last week. There's no talk of setback during that game or during the week of preseason. Uh, this week. So I, I think that he's in, in line to have a decent game. You know, defense, like you said, they don't have enough defensive talent to cover all these guys. So they're going to have to let, you know, one of them go one-on-one -on -one for most of the game. And I expect that to be Watkins. And, and I think Watkins can defeat that. Uh, in the first meeting, Kareem Hunt, 185 yards from scrimmage here. Uh, and uh, Damian Williams has looked uh, just as explosive and dynamic. You can make a case uh, he certainly looked look more dynamic than Spencer Ware, who's practicing full uh, and could be active today. But even if uh, – I don't expect that to be a 50-50 split, maybe more of like a 75-25 because Williams has just a, looked a lot better than Spencer Ware. Uh, he should be their lead goal line uh, back as well. Uh, a lot of open running lanes with him with Tyreek Hill and Kelsey opening things up. Uh, you know, How much do you like Damian Williams today and how much will Spencer Ware affect him, George? Oh, I read it the same way you do, Scott. I mean, I mean we're coming back. I mean, is it annoying? Sure. But I don't think it's going to be a 50-50 split. I don't. I think uh, Ware sort of got Wally Pipped, got hurt, and Williams took over that job, and he can do it all. He can catch the ball in the backfield. He can run it, and he can uh, be a goal line guy. Not that he's going to do it all. He's not going to get every carry, but he's the guy you want today. Ware will be more of a complimentary role. Or if things just aren't working out. I mean, if uh, Belichick's got uh, Williams uh, stacked, okay, then maybe they go, they go to Ware. But Williams is the guy I want today. I don't think Ware is all that much of a threat at all. I'd be surprised if Ware gets, uh, I'm sorry. I, just, I was going to say I'd be surprised if Ware gets more than 10 touches. What are you, what are you expecting statistically from Damian Williams today, George? Once again, not a monster game. Uh, but I think he's going to have a solid game. I do think he gets it to the end zone. I think he's going to get uh, – I agree with Jim. I don't think Ware's going to uh, touch all that much. I'll say Ware's uh, – Ware. Williams will get plus 70 yards and a score. And, you know, he'll catch three, four balls. Okay. Uh, Tom Brady threw for 340 yards in a touchdown in the first meeting in week six. But he was sacked twice, fumbled twice, and uh, lost one. But uh, – you know, look, everybody said for a long time, and I know you know this, Jim, uh, as a Giants fan, to beat Brady, get him off his spots, hit him, harass him. Kansas City, you saw them last week. They tied for the league lead in 55 sacks. But this is a short-passing team, and Brady gets rid of the ball very quickly. Uh, I don't think this the, 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 the Patriots are built to play from behind. They have to play a high-percentage short-passing game with the running backs heavily involved. Uh as you know, to to uh, keep pace in this game, if they get from behind, Brady really can't stretch the field. But uh, I think you know, if this game sticks close, he should be able to do his thing. What are you expecting from uh, the greatest of all time today, uh, Jim? Well, look, the one thing we know, there's a couple of things that play in, into this question is, you know, Andy Reid is the king of scripting those first 15 plays. He's been very successful at it, coming right out of the gate. Uh, they've had 18 first quarter touchdowns this year based on that, you know, and, and that's a great thing. What we 
the wrinkle we saw last week from the Patriots was, you know, Belichick was the one who first started deferring the second half kickoff um, and did it religiously until net last week going up against the, the Colts. He wanted to come out and have his offense set the tone, get that early score instead of, you know, trying to build momentum at the end of the half and then getting the ball at the second half. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they get that option, if they do that again, just to see if they can get their offense down the field and into the end zone before Kansas City has that first shot. So, you know, the the coin toss may very well play into a very big role of who gets off to that fast start because I agree, whoever gets off to that fast start is definitely going to be looking good. All right, but you didn't answer my question, but despite all that wonderful long-winded analysis, what are you expecting from Brady today? Uh, Well, let's see. You know, know, he's Brady, he's tough, but in three games at Arrowhead, uh, he's averaging just just over 240 passing yards, only one touchdown while throwing two interceptions a game. Uh, this year, the Chiefs are only allowing 14.1 fantasy points a game to opposing quarterbacks at Arrowhead Stadium. All signs point to Brady not having a big game in this one, but I don't think he has to. For them to win, I think it's going to have to be on the ground. I think it's going to be riding, you know, Sony Michelle and James White doing things in that short passing game. I agree. They're not really going to, you know, be able to force the ball down the field a ton. So I think it's really going to come down to, you know, how much success can Sony Michelle have running against this, you know, better defense at home by far than they are on the road in Kansas City. Michelle rushed for 106 yards and two touchdowns in the first meeting at Foxborough, coming off a career game last week. Uh, you know, to Jim's point, though, I think I think uh, Bill Belichick knows that Kansas City is going to be looking at Michelle, stop Michelle uh, defensively. So he may came up, come out with different wrinkles. Maybe he starts running Rex Burkhead. Maybe he starts throwing the ball a little bit more. Uh, I get concerned about that because just because you saw what what you saw last week with Belichick and McDaniel's will will not be what you see this week. So if people are trying to ride the, the momentum train of what the Patriots de- did last week, they they're always game plan specific and trying to stay a step ahead of the defensive coordinator. So could that mean that Michelle won't carry as much as he did last week or in the first meeting, George? I mean, listen, trying to guess what Belichick's going to do is a dangerous game. And we know that, right? I think, Scott, you're absolutely correct. I mean, to, to assume it's going to be Michelle and James White again or James White and Adam catching short passes again, we have no idea. I mean, you just don't know. Belichick loves to keep people guessing. It's what's been, it's what's been great about Belichick through his whole, really, uh, tenure with New England. He doesn't care about player stats. All he cares about is winning the games. He's going to do whatever he feels best to win the game. Maybe last week was a Michelle run game, and this week he figures, you know what, that's not what's going to win it for me. This game, it will be Burkhead running the ball, Burkhead catching short passes out of the backfield, because that's not what they're going to be expecting. Hell, maybe James Devlin running the ball. I've given up trying to try to figure out what Belichick's thinking a long time ago, but I agree. Uh, <laughs> Belichick's not going to, he's just not going to go with the same pattern, game after game after game. He's going to make you think. So, listen, now Kansas City knows that, too. But they're, they're still going to play the odds and assume it'll be Michelle. But I don't trust Belichick one little bit. Do they have any prayer of stopping James White, who caught five passes for 53 yards in the first meeting? And uh, White has seven total touchdowns in his past five postseason games. The Chiefs allowed 895 receiving yards to running backs during the regular season. The third highest total among AFC teams this year, uh, Jim. Yeah, no, it- 
and you're, what you're talking about, them wanting to change things up, you know, to me, that, that looks like a trap. Uh, it makes all the sense in the world. They want to get James White out there after having the incredible week he had last week. I wouldn't be surprised at all if James White is the decoy this week. If he's the one that they're trying to get the defenses to bite on him, you know, short out of the backfield so that they can try and push it down the field. You know, it's, I have a little hesitation with James White. Look, I, I know what he's done against them uh, in the past. I, I know what he's done in the playoffs in the past. He scores touchdowns in the playoffs. I get all that. I just got this sneaky suspicion that this week he's going to be the decoy. Julian Edelman, four catches for 54 yards and a touchdown in the first meeting. Uh, and there could be a bigger burden on his shoulders with uh, no Josh Gordon this time and Rob Gronkowski not being himself. Uh, I don't. Th- I don't think. I think he's a big key today. I really don't think the uh, Chiefs have any any hope of stopping him at all. I, th- I think Edelman could have a huge day, George. He's hard to stop. Once again, a quick uh, guy, short, short passes right by the line of scrimmage. He's hard to stop. So it wouldn't shock me again if he's going to get double-digit targets. I expect that to come. When he's going to get double-digit uh, receptions, maybe another matter here. But with a line of really eight catches, 67 yards, and a score shock anybody? No, because he's going to get – there aren't that – you know, the, Engle, the the England Patriots don't have the weapons they used to have. Gronkowski is nowhere near the play. Hell, today could be his final game if they lose. They lost Josh Gordon, so they don't really have that deep threat. You can think of what you want about Hogan. He's not all that great. So, uh, really, their weapons are limited. I think uh, that's the one, might be the one thing that forces Belichick to use his normal players is because he doesn't have many other options. What's he going to do, make Dorsett and Patterson a big part of the passing game? I mean, uh, it's, it's limited what he can do there. So, I think Edelman is going to have a, uh, you know, a big statistical game. Rob Gronkowski in the first meeting, three catches for 97 yards, but we've seen a steady decline. But still, this is the Chiefs defense we're talking about. Could we see Rob Gronkowski, you know, maybe have uh, like three catches for 34 yards, but he gets in the end zone uh, today, Jim? That's kind of what I'm thinking, you know. he Look, he hasn't. He hasn't gone over 25 receiving yards in any of his last four games. He doesn't look the same. Uh, he's definitely, you know, hurting. There's no doubt about in anybody's mind that he's hurting. He did, and very well could be his last game. That being said, there's no reason he can't, you know, once they get in that red zone, him go stand up in the in you know in the end zone and just throw the ball up to him and let him go get it we know he could still do that so you know in especially in dfs where if you don't want to pay the high price for kelsey outside of that it's a total cluster anyway you have no idea why not take the shot that you know if it's going to be his last game let's get him at least a touchdown on his way out the door i could see that rationale and i have him in, in quite a few dfs lineups based on that Okay, looking for that intangible sort of play. We're going to make our predictions now. Sean Engel getting ready to weigh in as well. I'll start out and say uh, the Patriots may have the coaching and experience advantages, but uh, I don't believe uh, the, Chief, the Chiefs just have too many weapons for them to fully contain them. They can scheme against them, but I don't know if they can stop them. And if uh, they get behind by more than 10 points, the Patriots, uh, I think they're dead. Uh I, I think this game's going to hit the under because uh, the Patriots are going to look play, play some ball control here. Uh, I'm going to say Chiefs 30, Patriots 24. George, your prediction? Similar, similar, but I'm going to go slightly uh, over on your score here. I got the same team. I got the Chiefs winning as well, 31-27. All right, uh, Jim Day, 
What, what yeah, do you, we're going to uh, make predict? it unanimous. I'm going to go with the Chiefs as well. I, I just, uh, I, I think this Mahomes kid is just something special. He's going to show it on a big stage against a big quarterback opponent. Uh, he, he wants to be that guy. I think he's going to prove why t- tonight. Um, so I, I like the Chiefs to win. I, I like the Chiefs to cover. I, I'm looking more like something like a, I want to say a 37 to 27 type of game. All right, Sean Engel, producer. Who's going to win between the Chiefs and the Patriots? I am going to be saying Kansas City here, too. Okay, so it's a clean sweep. We all say Kansas City. Tom Brady City. hates us all. Yeah, yeah we're, all in, we're, all in agree, we're all in agreement uh, across the board, except George thinks that the Rams are going to beat the Saints today. He's, uh, he's banking yep. on how, – how, how much confidence do you really have banking on Jared Goff? I just I haven't liked the way I've seen on the Orleans play. It's really it's really more on how New Orleans offense has played of late, and I think they're easier to stop right now. I just think it's a if you can keep Thomas in check, I don't think that passing game can get it done here. And I like what I've seen out of the Rams. If you're asking me uh, if this game comes on golf shoulders, you know if New Orleans is able to stop Gurley, stop C.J. Anderson, well, then I'm probably going to be wrong. All right, uh, coming up next, we're going to head on over to FanDuel and uh, talk about DFS picks for today. And some lineups after that. We'll have some prospects coming courtesy of uh, Jim Day. So uh, lots more coming here on Fantasy Sports Today on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This is our conference championship edition. For more detailed analysis, go to rotoexperts.com right now. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Genesis for George. I guess this is a song uh, maybe about Detroit and the Lions. Land of Confusion, George, by Genesis. One of my favorite videos. Great video. That's what going with the Muppets and all that. That was funny, yeah. Nuke or Nurse. Yes. Reagan hits the wrong button. Anything with anything with Muppets is good. There you go. I hated the Muppets right. growing up, by the way. Oh, really? I love the Muppets. You know what? We yeah, had a very positive George Kurtz for about an hour and 20 minutes until uh, <laughs> until the well, let me, let me tell you what, grumpy George Kurtz why. showed up. You know, because I, I, back when we were younger, remember, the kids, they, things were different when we were younger. We didn't have 9,000 TVs in the house. So my brother and I had to share a TV. And we had to, like, every other day would be our, your day. 
to decide what, the, what you wanted to watch. And my brother's day was always Monday, and the Muppets were always on Monday. And I was, I was forced to watch the Muppets instead of, like, I don't know, what was on Mondays at 8 back then, MacGyver or whatever crime show. It, it just, I just didn't like the Muppets, okay? I didn't like Muppets because I was forced to watch them. Well, now you sound like Statler Waldorf, so uh, you better cut it out. All right, if, if you like to wager on sports or never have and would like to try, head on over to BetDSI. They have wagering options for almost any sport you can think of, including sides, totals, and player props, where you can utilize your daily fantasy skills without salary cap constraints. You can even wager on esports, politics, and reality TV, or get an edge with live betting at BetDSI, where you can wager virtually any time during a contest, capitalizing on in-game circumstances. There are so many ways you can make money. Use the promo code FNTSY101 when signing up and get a 100% deposit Bonus deposit match, so head on over and open your account at BetDSI. That's promo code FNTSY101 to get your 100% deposit bonus match. All right, so let's uh, let's let's move on here to uh, let's move on here to talking about uh, some DFS, and uh, we'll head on over to FanDuel where there's a, a Sunday Million contest at 9.95 to get in. Look, I'm just reporting this. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to take sides, but do you, do you guys ever notice that the millionaire contest is like half of the price of the one over on DraftKings, Jim? Oh uh, yeah, it's always uh, always cheaper, no doubt about it. Uh, and you know, hey, why not take a shot? Ten bucks, you'd be a millionaire. Definitely worth that shot. Yeah, but you know what I haven't noticed. To be fair, though, if uh, like in the field, the more people win on DraftKings than they do. On uh, FanDuel, it's just you know the the price for the contest is uh, nine ninety five compared to twenty dollars. But you know I really haven't looked at the price breakdowns and whether if you don't finish in first or anywhere near it, you can win more money on DraftKings. Good point. Now, I I honestly don't know that myself. That's something good to look into. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look into that. Uh, you know, I, I haven't I haven't really checked it out, but. You know, just from a marketing perspective, nine ninety five looks uh, less daunting than twenty dollars. But uh, you know, it's not easy to win it either one. But we'll talk about uh, the fantasy uh, FanDuel. If you want to get some uh, good advice for the DraftKings Showdown games, uh, head on over to DailyRoto.com. And of course, you can use our lineup, their lineup optimizer for today. You can also uh, you, you can also customize it to uh, go by slate. On site, so if you're only playing on DraftKings, you can make it DraftKings only. At quarterback, we only have four of them. We got Patrick Mahomes at uh, nine thousand on FanDuel, Drew Brees at eighty-eight hundred, Tom Tom Brady at eighty-four, and Jared Goff at eight thousand. To me, you know, some of the numbers that we've given out here, Jim, uh, you know, Brees only. in his final four regular season games, only one touchdown pass, two last week. We're not expecting a lot of upside from Tom Brady uh, today. Uh, Jared Goff, the uh, the Rams might lead on the running game. Patrick Mahomes is at 9000 He's only $200 more on Drew Brees. Now, if you go over to rotoexperts.com, Davis Maddock is advising to maybe uh, you know pivot away from Mahomes because he is uh, so highly owned. But to me, I'd rather make my pivoting hay elsewhere. I'd rather differentiate elsewhere if I could because I feel like Patrick Mahomes is the only quarterback with true statistical upside on the slate. That's, say, the way he's played 
been playing lately. You know, all these quarterbacks could end up with good, not great performances. But if I'm going up for upside, definitely in a tournament, uh, I want to have Patrick Mahomes. And there's always a school of thought that, you know, you want to keep pace with some of the other top scoring, uh, you know, sort of uh, competitors when you're playing in a tournament, Jim. Yeah, this is the, the issue. Do you want to pay the top dollar for Mahomes or do you want to try and take one of the lesser owned quarterbacks and, and make your hay that way? Look, you know, we've seen it time and time again. A lot of the people that win these millionaire makers, they're they're not taking the obvious choice. They're taking the, the guy that's actually more than likely the least obvious choice. Uh, unfortunately, there's only four quarterbacks on the ticket and, you know, I can make an argument that all four of them can have big games if they need to have them. You know, golf, uh, look, if they get behind and he has to throw 40 times, you know what, I think he's going to put up good fantasy numbers having to do that. You know, if Breeze gets behind and is forced to throw, same thing. Same thing with Brady. So you can make a case for all four of these guys. It really comes down to how you want to build the rest of your roster. So, you know, I attacked this this week in a different fashion. Usually, you know, I'm looking at trying to figure out, you know, quarterback and tight end first. That's the kind of thing I'm looking at, and then I build a mess for my roster. This week, I did it the exact opposite way. I tried to build my interior first running back wide receiver before trying to make a decision on quarterback and tight end. Did I have the money? Could I still pick Mahomes? Could I still pick Kelsey if I had that money? That's how I built it this week. So it really comes down to roster construction for me. If you had to rank the four this week based on salary on FanDuel, George, how would you rank them and who would you be willing to most take the shot on other than Mahomes? Other than, I mean, I have Mahomes in my lineup, too. I'm, uh, I'm spending the 9000 uh, Other than Mahomes, I mean, it's funny. This whole show, we've pretty much said, oh, Breeze hasn't been throwing many touchdown passes. Brady could have problems away from home. There's not throwing touchdown passes. We don't trust Goff. I mean, we've sort of eliminated the other three uh, as far as guys you could take here. I guess if I have to, um, since I don't, I don't, listen, I don't trust Breeze. I don't think he's been playing all that great. I think their uh, passing offense can be slowed down here. I think it's more their rushing attack and short passing game. That'll be a threat, and that's not, that may not lead to many touchdown passes here. I mean, it's tough not to go with Brady because he's done it before, but Jim put up those numbers before on the road. Not good. Goff, 8,000. I'll save the grand. So that's where I'll go. Go, I, I'd go in reverse. Goff, Brady, Breeze, if I can't go Mahomes. You hear how George talks about it. I have Mahomes in because I don't have trust in the other three. But to your point, uh, Jim, the people that win the million or finish high in the tournaments – they don't look at things necessarily that way about who they don't trust. Because the one thing that I always say, you, you can look at the matchups, you can look at the trends, but you can never fully predict spontaneous execution in pro football and what actually is going to happen on the football field, you know, athletically uh, and game flow-wise once the game starts. So from that perspective, if you were to pivot off of Mahomes, who would it be for you? Uh, well, my, my second choice would be Brady, just because I do expect that to be a, a, a higher-scoring game. I like them to go over. I don't like the other game to go over. I think it's going to be an under game. Although it, I've been thinking that all week. I've been pretty solid on the under all week. The fact that the line really hasn't moved and, and it's kept that high is kind of starting to wear at me, and I'm trying not to let it uh, because, you know, 
hey, Vegas is better at this than I am. Uh, most often they hit a lot closer than I do. But at the same time, both these teams have, have just been not the same high-flying offense as they were at the beginning of the year. So because of that, I, you know, I have Brady as my number two. I have Goff as my number three just because I think he'll be the lowest owned <laughs> of the four quarterbacks. And then Brady – uh, Breeze four, just because it, he can still win the game without having to have monster numbers. All right. Now, you say you build a quarterback and tight end. That's what you have to start doing this week. Uh, Travis Kelsey, 7,400. He's the one with the floor. You don't know how much of a ceiling he has against the Patriots. Uh, they held him a five for 61 last time out. Uh, and you mentioned the numbers that where they're usually able to hold him down for being explosive. But after Kelsey... You really can't trust anyone. Uh, Gronkowski's fifty six hundred, but you can end up getting two points from him, three points, four, four points. Benjamin Watson's out today. Uh, Josh Hill is my sneaky play. Just call it a gut feeling. I think he's going to score, but still not enough to use him at forty six hundred. Then you have Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett at forty five and forty four hundred. Uh, George, what's your feeling? Do you have to lock in Kelsey? And if not, uh, you know, Gronkowski at 5,600, he's worked the $1,800 drop. And above the less decorated tight ends, who do you like, George? Well, I mean, there's no there's no other tight end that we even remotely like today other than Kelsey, but everyone's going to start him. So if you are looking to differentiate, the I guess separate, if this way you want to go to it, it's tight end is not where I will go with it. Uh, I actually like Gerald Everett. I would take a shot with him with the, uh, on the Rams. And once again, you can make it home for any of these guys. Who gets a touchdown other than Kelsey? You know, who gets it? Uh, Gronk, I, I, I think he's done. It's a shame. Uh, he was, is, was my favorite player in the NFL. Uh, but I think he's done. I think, I think the body just can't hold up. And unless he gets that jump ball in the end zone, I don't know what he's going to give you today. You mentioned it could give you two points. Had one catch of 25 yards last week. There's three points. That may be all you get again. So uh, I, I'm not paying 5600 for Gronk here. Uh, I like the uh, Josh Hill pick, too, at 4600 I just uh, generally go, if I want to go this route, I'm going to go for the cheapest guy that I can live with, and that's Everett at 4400 Is there Are there any punt plays that you like, Jim? And uh, and ha, why, why would you pivot off of Kelsey today? Uh, well, first of all, because he hasn't done very well against New England. I, I mean, he has good games, but not exceptional games. And again, it's really more trying to get uh, some more chalk play at running back and wide receiver, you know, trying to, to get that hill uh, in there with, you know, let's say Gurley or somebody like that, trying to maximize what I can get out of running back and wide receiver just because, uh, I mean, Travis Kelsey, based on what he's done against his team, you know, you're looking at 11, 12 points. Yeah, okay, maybe, you know, I know he can go for more than that. I'm not saying he can't. Of course, he's, right now I consider him the best tight end in the game. But the fact is they've done a good job against him in the past. Uh, and then with that cost being almost, you know, $2,000 more than Gronkowski, I'd rather have that $2,000 to play with elsewhere and take a shot on a Gronk or an Everett, like you say, uh, you know, Josh Hill. Why not? At that point, if you're not going to spend the money for Kelsey, then take a punt play at tight end and really ramp up the rest of your offense and get that. Uh, it, it makes a lot of sense because if Kelsey ends up having one of those, you know, 10 or 11 point games, you'll be much happier if you have a lot of chalk at running back and wide receiver, I think. 
Let's go over to running back with Todd Gurley. He's 8500 the highest-priced running back on FanDuel, George. Is he worth spending up when you're looking at the timeshare? Uh, with possible timeshare with C.J. Anderson, number one. But number two, with Sheldon ranking out and his versatility, is Todd Gurley worth spending up as the top of the ladder four for you today? Not for me, you know, because as much as I do think uh, Gurley gets back to the, being the main guy today, uh, I'm not 100% sure. You know, maybe they, maybe there is an injury there that we don't know about that they th- they're keeping hush-hush, and it's 70-30, 60-40, or 50-50 again like last week. Or maybe C.J. is just going to have the better day, and uh, that's what will lead to him getting more uh, carries there. So I'm not spending on Gurley, no. I don't have him as my, in my lineup. Not Alvin Kamara at 8,100, George, scored three times against the Rams in the first meeting. Uh, you spending up for him? Yeah, I am. Uh, I, I think the offense can be focused around him today. I'll keep saying it. I think to, uh, Tlaib or, or whoever it is, a double coverage on uh, Thomas really slows down that uh, his main part in the offense. I think Kamara is going to be, of course, he'll be involved in the run game, but I think there'll be a lot of short passes to him as well to keep that defense on its toes there. I like Kamara a whole bunch today. James White at 7,700, uh, Sony Michelle at 7,500. Your DFS scouting reports on them, Jim, and uh, who would you rather use today? Well, look, uh, you know, FanDuel's only the half-point PPR, so that, you know, muddies James White's waters a little bit. I don't expect him to have another 15-catch game. I just don't. Uh, I, I said it before. I'm going to say it again. I just have a gut feeling that he's going to be the decoy this week. He's going to be the one that they're using to try and draw that defensive uh, secondary and linebackers in close so that they can try and go over the top. So I, I'm not in love with him this week. Uh, Sony Michelle, you know, look – I like Sony Michelle to have a decent running game. I am worried about whether or not he's the one, you know, if they get down to the one yard yard line, if it's him taking it in, if it's James Devlin taking it in, uh, Cordero Patterson taking it in. That kind of bothers me a little bit. I, I think he goes, you know, if not over 100, very close to 100 yards, but those touchdowns bother me a little bit. I, I I'm kind of staying away from the, the New England running backs this week just because there's a couple other guys that I, I like a little bit more. Um, you know, one costs a little more, one costs a little less, kind of evens it out. Damian Williams, possibly the best bargain of running back on the board today. It's 7,200, George. Yeah, he's in my lineup as well, but he's going to be in everyone's lineup, so I don't think that's going to be a uh, – that won't be my difference maker there. But, yes, he's in mine for the reason you mentioned. 7,200, I went running back heavy, went more running back heavy than I did wide receiver here. So I have uh, studying running backs. It's the receivers where uh, I'm going to need to separate myself. C.J. Anderson at 6,500 and Mark Ingram at 6,100, Jim. Uh, who do you like better as the value play and why? I'm look. It, there's nothing statistically to points to this. It's just a gut feeling. But you know, when you have a gut like mine, you have to take it uh, at its word. And right now, it's telling <laughs> me, me that, <laughs> that Ingram is going to be a bigger part of this game than he has been lately. Um, you know, we we talk about the wrinkles. These offenses want to throw at each other. I think this is going to be one of them. I I think Ingram's going to be a bigger part of this game. I'm not saying he's going to have a monster game, but I'm not going to be surprised at all if he, he's rushing the ball for about 75 yards and at least one score. So I think at his price at 6100 he represents a really good value. C.J. Anderson, it's going to be, you know, if they start him out, does he get off to that quick start he got off to last week? If he does, I think they let him run. Uh, if he doesn't, then I think Gurley comes right back in the game and that kind of curtails him. So I'm a little hesitant with Anderson this week. 
All right. Uh, what about Rex Burkhead as a punt? It's 5,500, uh, George. Well, that'd be the guy if you're, once again, if you're looking to separate yourself, you know, a guy who's not going to be owned as much as other people, I can see going, you're going Burkhead. We don't know what uh, Belichick's going to do. We saw, uh, theorized earlier or speculated that he'll change things up from what happened last week where it was a uh, run the ball at Michelle, short pairs with Edelman and White. Maybe this is a Burkhead game. Now, uh, he's not in my lineup. I didn't put him in there. I, can, I think I can do better players there. But I don't mind the play. He wouldn't be in my main lineup, Scott, but I will have other lineups. If I play four, five, six lineups, he'll be in at least one of them. Just in case Belichick does go that way, that maybe he's the goal line guy. Maybe he's the guy inside the 10. You you never know what uh, McDaniel and Belichick are going to come up with. All right. Uh, Wide receiver Michael Thomas is chalk at 8,800, Jim. Yeah, he's absolutely up there and, you know, probably be, if not the highest owned, one of the highest owned. Uh, I am pivoting away from him just for that reason. (laughs) All right. More wide receivers, our DFS lineups and props. Coming up next with uh, the Fantasy Football Today Championship Edition. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Final football edition of Fantasy Football today for this season, championship edition. Talking wide receivers on FanDuel, Michael Thomas at 8,800. Jim says he's pivoting away. Uh, Tyreek Hill, $400 less. George Kurtz at 8,400. Is he in your lineup? No, I can't afford him. Uh, I'd like to put him in my lineup, but I can't afford him. I, I went... I went heavy on the running backs, so I'm going to go a little a little lighter on the uh, on the wide receivers here. So no, I'd like to, but he's not there. Yeah, a lot of uh, some lesser priced wide receivers are attractive, such as uh, and alluring, such as Julian Edelman at 7,900, Robert Woods at 7,100, and Brandon Cooks at only 6,900. Jim. Uh, I agree. Uh, definitely a good price uh, uh, on those guys. I, I definitely like Robert Woods at 7,100. Again, we talked about him. Nice matchup coming out of the slot there. I think he can do damage. Uh, the other one I like that that's value we talked about a little bit earlier is Sammy Watkins at 5,600. I think he's definitely a great value on this board. Uh, I don't think that New England has what it takes to stop Tyreek Hill, but I do think they're going to try everything in their power too, and I think that's going to open up Sammy Watkins for some big plays. So uh, I like Sammy Watkins to get into my DFS lineups here. Uh, probably still be highly owned, uh, so you, you're going to have to take another you know, couple shots at some other guys that aren't if you want to hit that millionaire maker. But uh, you know, I, I just like his chances in this game to you know, give me good value at his cost. 
5,300 for Ted Ginn. Do you like him better than Watkins, uh, George, and any other punts and wide receiver you're viewing? Do I like him better than uh, Watkins? No, but I have them both in my lineup. I mean, like I said, I had to go a little cheaper on uh, wide receivers. So I have Watkins at 56. I have uh, Ginn at 5,300 and Cooks, as uh, Jim just mentioned, at 6,900. Those are my three wide receivers in there. Uh, well, you know what, Ginn? It's the one big play theory. Can he hit the one big play? You know, he should have hit it last week. Breeze on the throw him. I think it was the first, first or second player of the, uh, of the game. Uh, he was open, and Breeze on the throw him. So uh, they'll take their shots again. I know the shots will be there. The question is, is the connection there? That's what we don't know. You know you're sort of hoping here that with all of the attention paid to Thomas, all the attention paid to Kamara, that sort of again sort of squeaks by here. So uh, I like the fact that at least I know I'll get my chances. All right. Uh, defensively, you shouldn't look for more points allowed as much as you do sacks and turnovers. What defense, uh, what two defenses do you like the best uh, on FanDuel, uh, Jim, and why? Well, i tell you the truth. Usually when it comes to these defenses, I'm going to take usually want to look at the lowest cost defenses. I just do. Defensive scoring is so hit or miss. Uh, it's so hard to really get crazy about it. The Saints will be the most highly owned, uh, considered probably the best defense left in, in the four games. Uh, so, you know, they're and playing at home. I think they'll be there. But for me, if I'm going to pivot away from that 4,600, you know, I, I like the Rams at 4,200 based on the fact uh, of what George has been saying all morning, the Saints' offense hasn't looked as good. I mean, they struggled against Philly defense last week. Uh, you know, they won the game, but of course, struggled through it to get there. I, I think the Rams could put pressure on on Breeze this week. Not not so much to the term of getting a lot of sacks and stuff, but just getting him out of his comfort zone, force him to maybe make a couple of throws he doesn't want to make, make some mistakes. So, uh, Rams is one of the defenses that I have a, a, a decent share in this week. All right, FanDuel Millionaire, here's real quick. Here's my lineup. Mahomes at 9,000. Damian Williams, 7,200. Mark Ingram, 6,100. Watkins, 56. Warren uh, Rubberwood, 71. Julian Edelman, 79. Travis Kelsey, 74. Ted Ginn, 53. And the Rams defense at 42. What do you got, George? All right, similar. Mahomes at nine. I have Kamara at eighty-one hundred. Damian Williams seventy-two hundred. Sammy Watkins fifty-six hundred. Cook sixty-nine hundred. Ted Ginn fifty-three hundred. Uh, Kelsey seventy-four. Ingram sixty-one. Uh, the defense I haven't made up my mind yet. I could do anyone other than New Orleans. Uh, you know what, Jim convinced me. So how about that? Rams forty-two hundred. All right, Jim. What's your uh, FanDuel lineup? Well, let's see. I, I went a little different on this one. I went with Brady at 8,400, Michelle at 7,500, Ingram at 6,100, uh, Tyreek Hill at 8,400, Woods at 7,100, Watkins at 5,600, Gronk at 5,600, uh, Damian Williams at 7,200 in my flex, and the Pats defense at 4,000. All right. So that's our DFS uh, outlooks for today. If you have any DFS questions before 10 a.m., call us at uh, 844-843-6879 here on Fantasy Sports Today. And uh, also, if you have any more to make any predictions or just talk to us about the championship games. But now it's time to go over to the prop bet desk. And uh, for that, we go to Jim Day. Hey, guys. Okay, so we'll do a couple of player props first, and then we'll do a couple of uh, game special props after that. Uh, Let's start with the biggies. Quarterbacks, uh, Drew Brees over under three and a half point three oh three point five. What do you think? Passing Passing yards. Yes. He's went over 300 in two consecutive games. And while the TD passes have not been there, 
But, you know, the Rams, I think, are going to force the tempo a little bit there. Uh, they will run the ball a lot. Uh, I'm going to say he goes over 300, but he only has one touchdown pass today. How about you, George? I'll take the... I'll go just – I'll play the opposite. I'll go the under here, 303.5. Let's say they're going to run the ball more. Not going to be a high-scoring game. I'll, I'll go, go with the under, but it's the number's right. Okay, let's go to the other game and go uh, Tom Brady passing yards, 291.5. I'm going to say under. I think they're going to have to lead on the running backs a lot here. Uh, Brady may throw more than one touchdown pass, but I, I think he just goes under. I think there was a stat that you pointed out about his road games where he averages just like 240 passing yards per game. He doesn't have a field, true field stretcher. I don't think that's Philip Dorsett. I'm going to say under. Now, I, I told you, uh, I told Jim yesterday, I'm going to play about 10 props on e- uh, each game today. But neither one of these two are going to be the ones I, uh, I go with here. As I think, once again, I think the numbers are pretty accurate. I'm not feeling pretty strongly either one here. I'm going to go the over. I think it's going to be somewhat high scoring. It's going to be forced to throw. But Scott's right. There's no easy 60-yard play here. You know, no chunk, big-time chunk plays. They all have to come in these little pads to Edelman and White. Okay, well, let's go over to running backs then and, and- – this is running back rushing yards. We'll throw a couple of uh, big ones at you and a couple of small ones. Alvin Kamara at 64.5 rushing yards. Uh, what do you say, Scott? Easily. You know, he, he, uh, you know, he had well over 100 scrimmage yards the last time. Uh, the Rams are t- ranked 23rd against the rush in the regular season. I know they were able to keep Ezekiel Elliott in check last last week, but I don't think they do it again because uh, New Orleans has much more offensive balance. That's pro- that might be a favorite prop of mine. I'm definitely going with the over. Uh, I'm going to go the under barely, but uh, not one. Once again, not one of the ones I'm betting on. I if, I don't know if Jim's going to get to it. when they do the uh, combined rushing and receiving for Kamara. That's one of my favorites. And that's at 102.5, rushing and receiving. And that I'm taking the over. Yeah, I kind of agree with that one. I think he goes over there. One of my favorites, and of course, it just goes with my hunch, is that Mark Ingram is uh, at 39.5 rushing yards. I think he goes over that. Uh, one of my better bets. I'm going to put a little bit on Agreed. that. Agreed. Um, here's another one I like. Damian Williams rushing 61.5. I like the over on that as well. I'm definitely going to be putting something down on that. Yeah, I love the over on that. Uh, 185 scrimmage yards last time for Kareem Hunt. Uh, and you know, with all the weapons they have, you know, there's no way you can put extra attention in the box. You have to worry about Kelsey. You have to worry about a kill if you're the Patriots. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Belichick uh, takes the approach of, uh, I'm not worried about him. You know, let you know, let, let's see if our defensive front can just handle it straight up. Uh, Damian Williams, I'm the least worried about, so I think he goes over. Yep, agree. Um, okay, let, let's do a couple of wide receiver ones and get down. You didn't ask George I, about that. Oh, it's a consensus. I agree. I think Jim already okay. knows that we talked about this yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I like Williams as well. <laughs> um, how about uh, wide receiver? Go a little deeper. How about Ted Ginn at 53 and a half? Uh, all right. Uh, here's somebody in the background testing their microphone. Yeah, uh, really. While they do that. We can hear you, whoever you are. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right, but we can, we can hear you. Uh, some technical difficulties <laughs> right now. Uh, what, what was the question again? Uh, Ted Ginn, 53 and a half receiving yards, over and under. That That's a tough one. Uh, 
because they weren't able to hit it. But they'll be so worried about Michael Thomas today. I say he goes over. I'll double down, right? I put him in my DFS line, my, my main card here. So double down. Yeah, he's going to hit it. Okay. How about uh, Sammy Watkins at 55 and a half? I say definitely goes over. With uh, them being so concerned about Hill and Kelsey, it's an opportunity for a temporarily healthy Watkins to make a dent today. Agreed. Okay, well, then we're going to go over to Travis Kelsey, 91 and a half. Well, I'm going to say under. Uh, I think I think the uh, Patriots, as you pointed out historically, have uh, done a good job of being able to keep them in check yardage-wise. That's a crazy high number, man. I, I love Kelsey, but I'm going under as well. Yeah, me too. I think I have to stick with that. And, and we'll go over to... Uh, We'll go over to Scott's, uh, Scott's boy, Josh Hill, 18 and a half. I'm going to say over, and he gets in the end yeah. zone. I'm just playing. I would imagine I played a hunch. <laughs> I played a hunch today. I think he gets in the end zone. Okay. Once again, lo- low number. I'll, I'll take the over as well. He has, to, he has to throw to somebody besides Thomas and Kamara. So, uh, what, he sure. had like what, seven what receiving need? yards last week on three catches, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Josh Hill? It's- Something like that. Um, And you always got Dan Arnold there, too, who could just come out of nowhere again. Uh, I I agree. Yeah, exactly. That's what most people say. Okay, so let's go over. uh, Let's turn it over to some of the game special bets. And, you know, a couple of these are player prop parlays. Basically, you have to hit both of them to win. Uh, And I'm going to throw the first one at you. Todd Gurley to have 50-plus yards receiving and the Rams to win at a plus 370. Where do you fall on that, Scott? Would that be a good bet to you or no? I like Gurley on the receiving, but I'm not putting putting the Rams to bet, so I'd probably avoid that one. Where Rams to win. Okay, well, then I'll give you – okay, I'll turn that over to George because he likes the Rams to win. George, what do you think in that one? Yeah, it just comes down to the girly receiving part. I mean, it's a lot. Uh, 50 receiving yards, not uh, not easy, but I mean, I, I, it comes down to the game. Are they going to use them a lot? This was, this was week 10, no doubt. No doubt in my mind I love this. The fact that C.J. Anderson's there, I'm having some doubts here. I, I'd throw something on it, but it'd be a small amount, 5 10 bucks. not one of my big prop bets. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I'll go over to you then, Scott, for the Saints. Alvin Kamara to have 50 yards receiving and the Saints to win for a plus 215. I'll throw $100 down on that, yeah. Maybe 200 yeah. Ah, You like that one a lot, huh? Yeah. Uh, okay, fair enough. Uh, how about Michael Thomas to have 150-plus receiving yards and the Saints to win at a plus 280? George? 150 and the Saints to win? No, no, no. I mean, once again, uh, a couple of bucks just for, 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 you know, for giggles? Fine. But it won't, I'm certainly not putting anything I care about losing. That's a monster number. I, I, said, <laughs> I, I think if the Rams lose, it's not, they're not going to lose because Thomas ate them up again. I just can't see them making the same mistake they made in uh, the first meeting, and they won't have to because Tlaib is back. Okay, let's turn it over to the Chiefs since we all think the Chiefs are going to win. Um, we'll, we'll start with the one one of the ones I like the most, and that's Sammy Watkins to have 50-plus receiving yards and KC to win at a plus 186 number. What's that's much upside to some of these. Oh, okay. No, go ahead, that's much upside to some of these other bets, but I can see it paying off. Yeah, that's that's one of the ones I like. That's uh, I like that one. I would go. Uh, I go a nice C note on that. Of course, you know we should have some a prop is like to what quarter like uh, Watkins gets injured. So, 
<laughs> okay, well, you make that up as we go. Um, yeah. How about this one? Damian Williams to rush for 100-plus yards, KC to win at a plus 250, George. 100-plus yards wouldn't shock me. We do like KC to win. Don't like it as much as I like the Watkins one, but it, it, I could put 50 bucks on it. I'd put 400 bucks on that to win 1000 Nice. Yeah, well, that's because you're the king. You got it like that. All those gold in your coffers. Um, <laughs> yeah, Scott okay, spent so, about a thousand dollars so far on these prop bets. Good, good for you. Look, I, I I won four leagues this year, including the winning the GST back to back. So well, there you go. Yeah, putting his money where his mouth is, or his mouth where his money is, whichever. Um, okay, can, so you, let, can, you can never get those fully right, can you, Jim? You know, I never could. Yeah. Okay, so so we all. By the way, as a former all, banker, guys, money's very dirty. Don't put money where your mouth is. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we all like sh- the the Chiefs to get waitresses. to the Super Bowl. So here's the odds for the Super Bowl games with the Chiefs in it. The Chiefs will beat the Saints at a plus four twenty. Uh, the Chiefs lose to the Saints at a plus three sixty. The Chiefs beat the Rams at a plus six forty. Or the Rams beat the Chiefs at a plus 575. So they're actually, you know, Vegas is saying the Chiefs beating the Rams is the the longest bet of these four outcomes. What say you guys? I'll start with you, George. Any of these that you like? Well, seeing as though that's the Super Bowl I think is going to happen, I'll take the solid Chiefs over the Rams 640. I'll take the best odds. What were the Saints Chiefs odds for the Saints? The Saints, Saints beating the Chiefs is plus 360, and the Chiefs beating the Saints is plus 420. I'm going to take the Chiefs beating the Saints and probably lay about $200 on that. Yeah, I like that, too. There's something about that yeah. plus 420 number that kind of speaks to me. So uh, I, I think I want to plus go that way as well. No, no, you plus said. 420 for the Chiefs beating the Saints. Plus no, I got it the other way the, around. Saints oh, beat you the want Chiefs. the Saints beat the Chiefs for plus 360. Yeah. Now, I'm yeah. going to go with the Chiefs beating the Saints. Again, I'd just love to see Mahomes cap off this magical season uh, by winning the Super Bowl as well. I, I just – the kid's incredible. He's going to be a talent that we're going to get to enjoy for many, many years. I'd love to for him to cap this season off with a win. It doesn't look like it's going to be my the Super Bowl I predicted in the preseason, so I'm going to go with the one I want to see the most, and that's uh, – uh, Mr. Mahomes coming away with that big win. All right. Uh, thanks for all that, uh, Jim. Appreciate it. Very well done, as always. And uh, thank to you to all listening for, to Fantasy Sports today on Sundays uh, throughout the season. Thanks to Mike Blewett for being a great host. Uh, George, where can we hear you uh, going forward? Going forward, Saturdays and Sundays from 11 to 2, Cam Stewart and I on, I think, believe it's the weekend fantasy update yes and uh you'll be able to hear me on the new roto experts podcast on demand starting uh mid middle of this week and roto experts in the morning uh from 8 to 11 uh every sunday morning and of course you'll be able to hear the fantasy taz every weekday as uh fantasy football frenzy continues throughout the off season it's a year-round show uh, from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern every weekday, along with Chris Ventura and uh, Corey Parson. Uh, you'll hear uh, myself and Jim tonight on the, the final edition of Fantasy Football Rewind to co- recap the conference title games tonight, 10 to 11 p.m. Eastern. 